Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids podcast. I am Jackie Jones. I'm Evie Jones. And this is Sophia. No last name. Hi, Sophia. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is exciting. It is. I'm really excited to talk to you. We were just saying, like, we haven't had very many, if any, guests who were also word of life at the same time as us yep. from birth through, like, I was like, oh, yeah, Sophia might be, like, the first from our little okay. pod. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah, because all the other guests, I'm like, I don't know if I remember them. Right, right. I definitely didn't grow up with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting. And, yeah, it's very fun, too, to, like, hear all those new perspectives and from new people and be like, wow, I had no idea the community was so different in Pittsburgh or so similar. <laughs> but right. yeah, I'm really excited yeah. to, yeah. to so kind of dive in with you. And I'm sure there are so many things like that, too, even though we were in the same group, like differences in our experiences. So I'm um, yeah. Yeah. curious to, to hear about it. So you've been listening to the podcast for a while? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, how I heard about it was through my, like, landlord slash friend <laughs> slash housemate. <laughs> yeah, she was like, hey, have you been hearing this podcast? Like, I know you're a part of that, like, religious group. And I'm like, what? How are you listening to this? <laughs> and, like, I haven't even heard of Weird. it. Weird. Um, but I was also, like, living out of state before, I think, when you guys started oh, it. Okay. So, like, I feel like I just hadn't. Um, but yeah, then she let me know and I started listening to the podcast and I reached out to Jackie and I was like, I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you, friend. It's really, <laughs> we kind of reconnected through this, didn't we? Yeah, no, it totally wild. did. And I, yeah, I was so excited because yeah, you were like, yeah, friends we really Aww. clicked for a lot. <laughs> like we laughed so hard together yeah. and we went on a mission trip to yes. South Dakota together and mm-hmm. yeah. sure did and uh yeah i just remember like bonding to you like glue yeah. that whole trip <laughs> like somehow oh yeah yeah, lost yeah, yeah. Touch for yeah. a while but it's yeah. so nice to like yeah have you back yeah. in my life i love it so much That's yeah so no, cute. I, was so happy. I remember that too jackie yeah. when you like when you guys kind of became friends and you had such a friend crush on Sophia, it was really cute. Yeah, same. <laughs> if the feeling is mutual. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of us are youngest of six, and I like. Uh, I remember when I met you, we laughed a lot. I peed my pants multiple times. <laughs> As um, did I. I don't know if I should share that, but I I'm think gonna. it's a powerful <laughs> statement to how hard we made each other laugh. <laughs> Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I was like, wow, this feels like a bonding experience for life. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, we're a little weird, but it's all right. <laughs> so you found out about the podcast, you reached out, we got back in touch, yeah. and then when did you decide yeah. that you wanted to come on? Um, so I started listening to some episodes and like, it was cool to hear like a lot of similarities and then a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. Um, but I noticed that like my experience in community was unique to anything I'd heard yet. And I was like, oh, oh, like I'd really love to, I think, share my story because I feel like my story was, I just, I wanted people to know (laughs) what maybe went on. Yeah that they weren't aware of because I feel like I have a very strong opinion (laughs) of community and um I was just like you know this may add a new perspective that like just gives like a whole 
idea of how like maybe community is cult light but um mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets cult heavy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in some in some circles and I I wanted to share that cool so, yeah yeah I want to hear about that <laughs> yeah it's gonna be exciting buckle up <laughs> <laughs> all right buckle in everybody so would you like to jump right into that or do you want to give us a little bit of background on kind of who you are and what your initial experience was like in Ann Arbor community? Yeah, I think background probably okay. makes sense first because um, I feel like that will also give people some perspective. Like I, so my parents met in UCO, the college version of community, and got married um, and had a bunch of kids, and I was the last. So I was very much raised in community. Like it was my whole life, and I went to, you know, Catholic schools and like, I make jokes all the time. I'm like, I've been to enough church and prayer meetings to last a lifetime. You know, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm set. <laughs> Quota met. Yeah. Done. Check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was in community my whole life. And uh, my parents were very much like every, every par- they pretty much never missed um, those community members. And I did UCO um, for two years. Uh, and I did a gap year in between my two years in UCO. Okay. So, but around 21 is when I left, um, UCO. And I'm kind of iffy on, like, the exact age time range I left, but... It can be, it's so, like... It's a process. It's such a process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And around, like, that period, there's just, like, a lot of traumatic events at once, so I... Yeah, I, I kind of give, I'll give that forewarning too once I'm jumping into my story that like this was definitely a traumatic event for me. So like my, I tried my best to kind of go back and, you know, talk to my parents and talk to people and just get a as clear of a recollection as possible. But like I'm human, so yeah. <laughs> there's going to be some gaps. Um, so keep that in mind. But um, yeah. Um. Yeah, and, like, also, like, kind of my feelings towards community growing up. Like, I just never loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should give that forwarding as well because, I mean, I've heard people come on and be like, yeah, you know, I made a lot of friends. I'm super grateful. And I was always just, like, super excited, I think, in the back of my head of, like, you know, this is not the rest of my life. (laughs) Like, I do not always have to do this. There's an end. (laughs) There's an end. Um, Yeah, I just, I I remember, like, the whole idea of, like, praying and prayer meetings and people being super, like, almost, like, kind of flamboyant about their spirituality just, like, did not, I did not connect to that at all. I'm, like, I'm not that type, like, I feel like if I was... My spirituality in general is just more of a personal thing, so I just didn't really get, like, the point, you know? Like, not to, like just for me personally, I was just like, I don't, this isn't how I experience mm-hmm. God. And, I, and, and even now, I'm kind of just like, a lot of things are a question mark, and I feel actually way more comfortable being like, who knows, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Maybe we're in a, a little... I can't think of the word. Simulation. <laughs> That's simulation. I'm like, it's yeah. a simulation. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think um, I and I also I remember noting that like the intense male um, dominant uh, vibe of community just never sat well with me. Even as a kid, I just kind of was like very much like mm, mm-hmm. really, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like women are better. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, you know, that was just like in my little kid brain. I was just like, "Mm." why are they in charge? Why are they leaders? (laughs) What what makes them so special? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. And then (laughs) one thing I was also thinking about is just that like, if I took, like, the story of Jesus out of the Bible and, and like, I thought about, like, what someone like that would be like modern day, I'm like, he, I get the vibe that this is more like a hippie mm-hmm. man, hippie free-loving man. And I, I'm like, I just never, like, I don't really see that in community and church even. So I was just like, I don't really see how this would be a ticket, you know, to the afterlife, you know. I'm like, eh. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a really important perspective to hear that, like, being in it, but knowing that, like, you're not going to be in it forever yeah. and you're not, like... Yeah. It feels much more like my yeah, experience. absolutely. <laughs> of just, like... Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't have to do this forever. Like, how soon can I get out? Mm-hmm. How early can I stop going to this? How can I convince my parents? Like, yeah, I feel Yeah, you. I think in, in general, I feel like a lot of it was it was less like where people were like oh my relationship with god is why i'm here all that like i'm it was very much like well my parents want me yeah <laughs> to be yep. here you know it's more of a pressure of like oh i want to make them happy and i want to make you know them proud or whatever so yeah. then i kind of grew up and was like well it's okay to have yeah. your own opinion <laughs> like it's okay to say like you know i don't actually agree with that yeah <laughs> totally so yeah um uh but as far as why i actually wanted to come on um specifically so my i had like a crazy experience um so i you know did uco for a year and then at 19 i decided to go on a gap year and all of my other siblings um had gone on a gap year so it was kind of like my parents like yeah you're gonna do it too right and i was just like yeah and i really wanted to travel so i was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm gonna take that right trip yep um so yeah i went to belfast ireland um at 19 which was pretty crazy um i feel like to have like all that freedom you know around that age just to be like oh i'm in another country i can drink like yeah much more treated like an adult and i feel like in the u.s you know you definitely were not treated as Mm -hmm. an adult at 19 right uh, midway through my gap year, gap, gap year, oh my God, um, yeah, I picked up the accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excuse me, sorry. It just slips out. Uh, um, yeah, so I was involved in a cult, um, and sorry, I just don't know how to say that casually. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's, there is no casual way. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it was the cult was created by essentially i think a priest and even that is like a little iffy to me because i don't know how this whole thing Mm. started i was kind of brought in by someone a priest sorry to interrupt a priest involved in community within belfast no he so yeah oh yeah i should say this whole thing was started in ann arbor as far as i know um or at least a majority of the members were in ann arbor and part of a life community Okay. Um, and the priest is someone from Wisconsin, which I don't even know how people got connected <laughs> to him. Like, I don't understand the connection. But it sounds so. What I heard, I I, I had to like ask some questions to my parents because they knew a little bit more. But like, apparently there was someone from community, word of like community, that met this priest and like had a healing I think experience with him or something and was like felt like oh more people should talk to this guy and they started something called the healing team um and um a lot of well not a lot of some members of word of life community started joining and this guy from word of life was trying to kind of recruit people because before I even left on my gap year, I had heard my parents talking about it. And so I kind of knew that it was a thing. And I had originally thought that this was like a word of life group. I was like, the healing team is like Mm -hmm. a prayer group that people go and get like pray prayer for like maybe things they had gone through that were just traumatic or something. Oh, okay. But I didn't... So more like emotional healing than physical. Yeah. And I don't... I, I, I knew very little before I left for my gap year. I was kind of like, cool, okay. And, um, but then, so someone close to me, um, I'm kind of going to give them a uh, fake name, if you yeah. will. Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to call them Alex. Um, they, they got involved right before I left, or I, they were talking about getting involved. And so I, I didn't know before I left that they even had done it. Oops, sorry. And yeah, that was kind of where I left it. So I I go on my gap year and um, it was going okay. I'll just, I'll I'll kind of dive into that. Um, I I think before I'd even really decided to do the gap year, I was kind of questioning everything. I was, I was kind of always that kid was just like, why? (laughs) Why are we doing this? Um, Asked a lot of questions. Never great with authority figures too. (laughs) 
um, keep that in mind. So <laughs> it was a struggle. Um, <laughs> me and my gap leader were not the bestest of friends. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I get, you know, to Ireland. Um, it was a bit of a rough transition to like have someone in charge of me. And I was kind of starting to realize that like, I didn't think Christianity was my jam. And um, I just like, there's all these rules that I was following and that was tricky. Um, and oh yeah, I so what I was doing in Belfast is I was like recruiting people to be part of their UCO, like their college outreach. Okay. Um, wasn't the best at that because I wasn't sure anyone should be a part of it. I was like, uh, they're like, go out and find people. And I'm like, why? Are we sure? Are we sure about this? You want more people? Yeah. I don't even know if I want to be a part of it. Do you want to be a part of this? Yeah, I, I don't think I ever actually got anyone to join, and that probably pissed them off a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were supposed to have all these ambiguous questions to strangers, of like, who do you think God is? And I would just let people ramble on about anything. And I'm like, cool, well, have a good day. Like, <laughs> See you never. It's very uh, social worker of you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm like, I, why would I push an agenda right, on them? Right. Like, they're just trying to get yeah. to their next thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let's chill out here. Another reason why me and my gap leader were like, hmm, <laughs> you aren't the best for this. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was struggling, and uh, Alex and I were talking throughout. I think they were – we were very close, so I, I just always kind of would, like, talk to them about things. Um, and they're kind of like a role model in my life. So we were talking mostly through email throughout and sometimes video chatting, but mostly email because um, of the time difference. And um, – Things start, like there was slowly like subtle hints dropped to me through their contact that something was off. Mm. Um, so, you know, I knew that they were going to check out the healing team. I had no idea if they had. Um, and it apparently they had. So they were like getting deeply involved in it. And I had really no idea, but we were still in contact. Um, and so, yeah they were more involved without me really knowing and they started talking to me and certain things they were saying just didn't entirely make sense. Hmm. Um, but I, like, you know, when you're far away and so like my, my mind, I feel like wasn't totally focused on all the little things that they were saying that like maybe didn't totally line up yeah. with what I thought. And I mm -hmm. knew that they were trying to like work through some things. So, um, yeah. So they had said a few things and I remember I, after something they had said, I was like, okay, I really feel like I need to, like, go think on this. And I went to a chapel to pray about it. Um, and, I, you know, it's, like, all alone, very, like, contemplative moment. And um, I came out of the chapel and felt like I had, like, this epiphany that, like, something bad had happened to me hmm. in my childhood. So I, you know, get on the phone with Alex and... A lot of what they had said through their co correspondence had actually kind of geared me to come to that conclusion, but it had felt like I had come to the conclusion on my own. Mm. So I didn't really realize that they were kind of manipulating me <laughs> to come to this epiphany, and I hadn't even fully come to what they wanted me to come to. So I was like, I feel like something bad happened, and I'm talking to them, and they keep nudging me along until I'm like, I think I was sexually abused mm. and in my childhood, and um, you know, kept talking more. And then I was like, oh, I think it's um, my dad who did it. Mm. Um, and I, like, it was a tra traumatic enough conclusion to come to. I didn't really realize yeah. how I had been manipulated to to f to come to the conclusion. Wow. Um, because it, it, enough, it, it felt enough like it had been my own idea. Immediately, I kind of went into, like, a, a shock. Mm -hmm. um, and later kind of found out I was going through basically what is like PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, I had really bad paranoia. I stopped sleeping for like three days, Oof. essentially. Um, and no one in my gapper group or whatever, like n no one knew what was going on. Mm. And I decided in that time that I was just going to go home. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I, I didn't know what to do and I wanted to go be with Alex because I was just like, okay, we can like, they, they're going to help me kind of like work through this. Mm -hmm. um, 
So after three days, I kind of just told my like pastoral leader lady, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm leaving. Um, something happened with my family. I didn't even tell her what. Yeah. And she probably could tell things were off. Like I had already started to have like disassociative stuff going on, but like these couldn't really stop me because I'm an adult. So I book a, f- a flight and I leave. And uh, my parents didn't even know that I was coming home. Um, Alex picks me up from the airport and they are with another community member that I recognize. They This person was like friends with my parents and I was very confused when I saw him because I this guy apparently was part of the healing team too. So I just had no idea what I was like walking into. I was just kind of like, oh, what's he doing? <laughs> like, who is this? Hmm. Was he or, more like, like your parents' age also? Mm, yeah. Yeah. He was um, older. Um yeah, so that really confused me. I was like, I don't understand why this guy's here. Um, and I didn't realize that they were all involved in the healing team. But, like, I was tra- traumatized enough that I kind of – I kept just rolling with things because I'm, like, just very depressed and, like, okay. Like, mm, this is weird. But, yeah. like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Here's where we're going now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I um, go back with Alex, and they were staying with another community family also someone I recognized um they were a younger family with like a couple kids and I was like oh I didn't even realize Alex was staying with them so I was like oh wow and then I think I had gotten a little bit more background of like oh yeah we're all involved in healing team and I also started to hear people's stories and there was other people shared stories of sexual trauma and I didn't really connect the dots you know at that point that like wait this is really shady that everyone seems to have a sexual trauma story Mm. You know, yeah. like it was just, I was too like in my own head to like realize these weird red flags. Um, so, and then, yeah, so after I land, I also don't have a phone because, um, you know, I was living in Ireland. So I had no way to contact my parents, um, which I think was kind of freaky for them because they're like, where are you? Like, what's going on? Um, you just left your gap program. <laughs> And I think they, someone had emailed them to be like, hey, like, Sophia left, then let us know she's, like, had a family emergency. And that was, like, news to my parents because they were like, what? Right, mm-hmm, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't have any way of contacting them. And I feel like immediately the healing team was kind of, like, trying to isolate me in some ways. So I kind of had to, like, beg Alex for their phone to be like, hey, I, like, I need to contact my mom to let her know what's what's yeah. up um Where so yeah so I I did that and um that was hard because like I knew I was eventually gonna have to like tell my mom what was going on um but I let her know that I was safe and in like the next few days I was kind of like settling in so I eventually meet up with my mom and let her know what's going on that I think that you know my dad was abusing me and um she I think didn't really believe it you know she was just kind of like what like I don't understand this but also yeah I don't like I to be honest don't really know what she was thinking too so but she immediately was like let me get you into therapy oh that's um, good which was wow really yeah. good yeah there were certain things move. that happened that I feel like yeah I was like oh thank Very. god uh, granted this person was uh, a member of their church, which I'm like, yeah, not okay. the most ethical. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> she did her best. Uh, <laughs> she's a Catholic woman, and my mom thought that was perfect. Um, so, but it was still good. Like, I, I started seeing a therapist probably within a week or two of being back home. Um, and the, the this therapist thought that, like, she believed my story of abuse. Like, she she didn't question it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, I did notice, a little bit weary of the healing team and me and Alex's relationship. She kind of was like, oh, you guys, hmm, okay. Like, she just, it seemed to her that she just thought, like, this was a little intense, that I was, like, so involved with these people. But, like, for me, I was kind of like, I don't really care. Like, I had hope to just come home and kind of lose my shit. <laughs> so I was like, I don't care where I am. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, I'm just here existing. Um, but, yeah, so I kind of heard her say that and was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then 
eventually things like things slowly got stranger um i was told that i was gonna move in with another community family also part of word of life um you were told yeah yeah i i don't even remember who probably alex told me but um and i i don't really remember the reason behind it but i i had my guess is maybe because alex and i were both staying at this family's house that maybe it was just too much to have so many guests at their house they were kind of like let me move you somewhere else i don't know but i do feel like it was it isolated me even more because i i felt you know the closest with alex and everyone else kind of just felt like you know a community person that i grew up with and didn't you know had no bond with and felt like they were closer to my parents than me so i was just like i don't know why we're here like i don't know what (laughs) what's going on but um yeah i was moved to this couple's house um and I feel like that is kind of when I started to back away more from the healing team because I was just like, I'm no longer hanging with Alex and I was hoping to kind of just like be with them and process everything. Um, but once I was kind of removed from living with them, I really was like, what are we doing? Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, and I feel like a big part of what they were, they would always talk about like, you know, go and go to the chapel as often as you can and go pray about things, which like, if you're a severely traumatized person, like the last thing you want to do is like, go sit in a chapel in your thoughts. Yeah. Like it was torture. And I did do that all the time. And that was really horrible because I was kind of like re-traumatizing myself all the time of just like thinking about things and, um, which was horrible. And I feel like that is like another thing. I realized just how like, I don't agree with like mental health in religion like good mix i'm like nope i don't nope i don't agree with that like it's not it's a very misinformed way about going things so yeah i was you know going to chapels it was awful didn't love that i started to kind of pull away and hang out with like friends and um yeah and one thing i did want to mention and i i feel like you guys can maybe understand this I don't know if you guys remember Pine Hills camp. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Rough. Um, <laughs> but um, I remember the skit where, like, they were kind of trying to, like, explain virginity. Do you guys remember? Like, I remember all those skits vividly. <laughs> yeah, they, like, gave a girl a gift, and she was, like, walking around the stage, and random people were, like, taking her gift and throwing oh, it on the floor and, like, stopping that. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a really horrible skit to show teenagers. With like super emotional music Mm -hmm. behind it. Mm -hmm. And like usually it's such a performance and it's very emotional and it's so intense. Yes, yeah. And I remember when I first saw the skit, not really, I mean like this is weird. Like, because like after like what I think is supposed to be like an angel comes and comforts her and tries to like fix Mm -hmm. her gift which I guess is her virginity but like I'm so literal like as a I've always been a very literal person so I was just like why don't they just beat up the people that like messed up her gift like I mean (laughs) what is this bullshit why is this on her (laughs) if I were her friend I would fuck them up yeah Yeah. (laughs) not realize that that's just supposed to equal her like having sex which now also as an adult i'm like that's not like consent is super important yes i agree with that but like you're not necessarily going to feel shitty just having sex right if it's consensual most of us are like hell yeah right um (laughs) i'm down for this non-consensual yeah i get that vibe that Mm -hmm. you feel like shit um and i started to really think about that skit as i'm like going through all this trauma i'm like oh like i'm I'm the girl with the fucking broken gift. I, like, I feel like shit about myself. Mm. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of these just, like, purity culture shit was really starting to, like, fuck with me. Because I'm like, oh, you know, once you feel used, like, you know, you've just been constantly told that, like, you're, that's your self-worth, yeah, you yeah. know? Don't like, let that go. Like, if that's go. gone, there's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah, and and that was, like, to think of, like, oh, okay, well, as a kid, I didn't, know what was going on but this happened to me and so now i'm used up like i don't have worth yeah um and that was horrible like i i I generally felt like that was kind of where everything kind of came down and i was just like oh this is like this is how i have to live my life like i don't 
I don't have that perfect gift or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, fucking with me. And I feel like instead of making me feel closer to the healing team, I was kind of just like, no, you know, like I'm already on the outs, you know, I'm already like, I already didn't really think I was going to keep going with the community. I already kind of felt iffy about religion. Like now that I'm this, you know, quote unquote broken person, like I don't need this. Yeah. I'm not here for all this. I'm not, you know, it didn't make sense to me. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I don't know. It's probably been like a month and I, I don't really have anything to do too. I, I flew home. I didn't have a job. I was kind of just like doing shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) random things, sometimes hanging with family, but mostly avoiding my dad at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, at a certain point, I think throughout my therapist was after a certain point, maybe a month or so, she was trying to encourage me to go back to Ireland because she was like, I think you should get space from all of this. Like, I think you should just go back. Mm. And I was like, maybe, I don't know. Um, But things were really starting to get like more intense. Um, People in my family had started to hear um, about what was going on. Like, and some family members were actually generally avoiding my parents, Mm. which was so like, want to make it clear that like the healing team uh, really was breaking up families like this was fucking up people's lives and um at a certain point alex had talked about how they had wanted to like bring a legal case against their perpetrator and i was like what (laughs) like we're really doing legal shit like i was that was i was like freaking out because i'm like it felt even more real yeah yeah um and even though i was still believing everything i was like uh I was just not re- really ready to, like, face that right. type of, mm-hmm. you know, music. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's a big, big step up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, fuck, this is getting real. Um, and then also uh, Alex had told me that there was – the healing team would do um, retreats. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, what's that about? And they're like, yeah, there's um, – do retreats with Father Tim. And so I slowly started to hear about Father Tim dropping his name here and there, and I didn't know what he had to do with it. Like, I didn't really realize he was the ringleader yeah. for a while. I was like, oh, Father Tim, like, is that your your guys' buddy? Like, what's, what's his deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so she's like, yeah, we do these retreats with Father Tim, and um, there's exorcisms. And I was like, oh, sorry, uh, can you repeat that last line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's exorcisms? Um, <laughs> I didn't watch horror movies as a child because I was a little baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even watch scary Disney movies. I was that child Aww. who was like cried at anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's yeah. <laughs> um, and I heard exorcisms, and I was like, um, I know how those horror movies go. <laughs> like, yeah. We all know they just get possessed, right. okay? Right. <laughs> like, Demon just gets mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Opposite <laughs> Yeah, so I heard that, and I think Alex had thought, like, oh, this you'll, you'll love this. And I was like, eh, back now. <laughs> like, count me out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not be participating in the exorcisms. Um, I, I prefer a chill, like, chill vacation. <laughs> sorry, but, like, planned exorcisms. Yeah, I think they were. I feel like if you were a priest who was an exorcist, you would be like, there's this man who has probably a psychiatric episode and, like, go give perform an exorcism. But if it's, like, a planned, like, on Tuesday, we will do an exorcism for whoever might possibly need it conveniently. Was it kind of that? Mm, maybe who wanted it, but I feel like everyone who was in the healing team, it sounded like, had some traumatic experience. And I hadn't realized that a lot of them were talking about... Most of them were talking about sexual trauma experience. So... I guess their idea of deliverance from that was doing an exorcist. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think it it would be more planned. Like, it, you mm-hmm. know, I think, like, the horror movie <laughs> version, which does happen, too, is like, whoa, this person's acting crazy, we got to restrain them, and yeah. blah. But then I think there is also the, like, oh, this person had trauma. They have, like, a prolonged distress. Yeah. That is clearly an mm-hmm. evil spirit just, like, gnawing away at them. And that would be right, more planned. Yeah, yeah. True. Of like, okay, well, on Tuesday, <laughs> we will... Yeah. We will draw the demon of fear out of Kevin. Yeah. Right. 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 We'll lobotomize Kevin the demon. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is true. And 
it, the healing team talked a lot about like demons and praying. There was all these prayers of St. Michael. Like that was kind of a meeting where like, we got to pray and this is, this will help the demons stay away. And I remember being like, oh, I'm good on that. Um, didn't love that. I was, you know, just, I always, all that stuff kind of freaked me out. And I was like, no, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so that was strange. Um, but yeah, once I heard about the exorcism, I was really like, eh, I'm good. You know, I really started to check out. And I, I do remember the woman I was living with, who was part of the healing team, kind of started to get annoyed with me because I was barely around or whatever. I was constantly like leaving to go hang with a friend. And she was like, you know, you need to be with us more and praying. And I was just like, like that girl like, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I'm like this isn't like I feel shitty and my way of dealing with it is not to go you know pray and these demon prayers you know like I'm, yeah I don't want to do that um so I feel like maybe they were sensing I was pulling away and I was told that I was gonna have a phone call with father Tim again and this told. is yeah 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 I was kind of like yeah this is and um, I remember not being super psyched. I feel like at that time, I especially was just really iffy on older men and, and especially religious men. And I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, Makes sense. okay, like, I guess. Um, but they, then I, I feel like I started to notice more and more how they just seemed obsessed with this guy. They're like, yeah, Father Tim, he's amazing. Like, um, and then, uh, Alex had told me, I can't remember, probably before I had the phone call, but like, he had the ability to like, like see people and just know what their past was. Ugh. So like, mm. kind of like a psychic, I guess. Um, which I was like, mm, okay. Interesting characteristic for a priest to. Mm-hmm. Have. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then also was mentioned that he had worked alongside a psychologist. No, he had no experience <laughs> in psychology, no qualifications, but he had. It almost it was like, really oh, good. he had a friend who was a psychologist, right. and I'm like, wow, that's. So he's this good. He's real um, good. Yeah, so yeah. he, like, notes his shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My best friend is a psychologist. <laughs> Essentially, I am. Um, that was the vibe I was getting. So I was like, huh, okay. And granted, like, this is what I remember. So if I get any of this wrong, like, my bad. But this is what I remember. And he just didn't seem legit, and he seemed a little bit off. Um, so then comes the time where I'm going to have this phone call with him. And it was very strange. Like, two of the healing team people, also people from Word of Life, um, were, like, with me on the phone call in, like, the room hmm. and, like, there. And I was just kind of like, this is so weird. And, like, and they're, like, looking at me like, this is so exciting. And I was just like, wow. Weird, okay. Um, so I talked to him and he asked me to tell him, a, like, a childhood story that I was traumatic to me, basically. <laughs> cool. Which, okay. Like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, insane. Uh, and I do. Um, man. And, uh, which now, you know, looking back, it's just like, no one has the right <laughs> to, to hear these stories, especially him, but like, yeah. he did not deserve to hear that story. But, yeah. you know, I tell him something and, um, the story itself was just more around a t- like a, a memory I had where I just felt like, you know, it was a sign of like, I had a lot of mental health stuff and the story itself kind of upset me. So I tell it to him, and he is like, are, you know, are you remembering everything? And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I was just really upset as a kid because I was, like, you know, left alone to, like, because I was in trouble. Uh, and, like, yeah, and whatever. So he was, like, what? <laughs> yeah, so he kept trying to, like, insinuate, like, you're not remembering it all. Whoa. And Leading I think, you on. Yeah, and I think he was Gross. trying to, like, tell me that there was, like, something related to my sexual trauma that I wasn't remembering. But I remember thinking, like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get off the phone. Because he's like, yeah, I just think you, you know, need to try to remember more. Um, and I, I feel like that probably is what a lot of other people in the healing team had heard from him. Of, like, because mm-hmm. I do remember people constantly telling me to, like, go and pray and contemplate and think about things more. But... I didn't actually have a solid memory. I never had a solid memory. Mm. Um, I kept trying to imagine things, which was very traumatizing to try Jeez. to, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's. Remember. Um, but um, I didn't actually feel like I, there was something that I, like, remember and it felt like a solid memory. So after I got off the phone, I was like, that just wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't amazed. Like, they, they I think they actually also prayed with me afterwards. Mm. 
Um, and I just, it, all of it felt so uncomfortable because they were just constantly trying to get me to like think about the sexual trauma. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Did you feel like at that time you realized that maybe the, the memory you thought you had of a sexual abuse in your childhood from your dad was not true or yeah, was it? So like, I, I feel like. I started to see what Father Tim's role was in everything. Like, I didn't, I hadn't mm-hmm. connected that, like, he maybe had been talking to people and been like, you know, I, I know something about your past and you're not remembering it correctly. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's how Alex got involved because I got involved through Alex. Right, sure. right. Yeah. So, I so didn't at really that see... phone call with Father Tim, you weren't still believing that, like, you had this sexual trauma from your dad? No, I believed it, but I... Only because, like, I thought I had had an epiphany, and I thought I had come to that epiphany on my own, even though Alex had kind of pushed me into that. Yeah. So he just wanted you to get more, even after that. Okay. Okay. I think that's where I was. Yeah. Yeah. So then the phone call, it sounds like, helped you kind of connect the dots of, like, oh, Father Tim got Alex involved, and they had this conversation, so now I'm, Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't see how everyone was connected to him. Like, it all of a sudden was like, oh, you... And, like, I'm sure people were talking about it probably more than I was even really well aware. Like, I was just kind of checked out for most of it. Yeah. So I didn't really see that he was, like, he- heading everything. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, having the phone call, I was like, I see. So you, this is maybe how some gotcha. of you believed your trauma. And it, I didn't... I wasn't moved by it at all because I had felt like I had come to the conclusion on my own. And right. I also had been supported by Alex, who I trusted. Right. And for me, Father Tim wasn't someone I trusted. So I was like, nah, I don't, I don't really get why I need to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and I think after that phone call and realizing they were about to do a retreat, like in a few weeks or whatever, I was like, no, I want to go. Like, I want to leave and not be a part of this. So I... Um, reach out to my gap leader and I still am still believing that the sexual drama happened so I was like hey um, I'd really love to come back uh, and it only two months had passed at this point which I mean still was a long time yeah. but wasn't a crazy long time um, and <laughs> oh man me and this guy never vibed so this was perfect I no one from the gap program knew what had happened and knew the re- real like real reason why I left they just thought Mm. something intense happened so he agreed that I could come back only if I wasn't gonna cry all the time that was his exact what (laughs) and I was like "Mm, okay and I I was always one of those person that like whenever I felt kind of disrespected or like like as soon as he said that I was like oh (laughs) bye forever (laughs) yeah well like no I was like I was like well I still wanted to leave so I'm like I'm I'm coming. And I was like, don't worry. I will not be crying all the time. Don't even worry. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I kind of just had my mind made up that I'm like, no. Like, and it was, it was your also, way I was out. just numb enough. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's – I'm numb enough that, like, crying all the time also is just not my issue. Like, he was so totally. <laughs> tone deaf in all of that. I'm like, first of all, you don't know what I've been through. And, like, that's not <laughs> – that's a weird way to respond. Um, yeah. How do these people? <laughs> this guy was like... also like super sexist. I oh, oh, that's a given. Yeah. How how do these people even like get these roles? Like sometimes I feel like they find the worst possible person <laughs> for the job and then yes. drop them in. Like, yeah. ugh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And he was terrible. Like he was so bad. Like he he was very sexist. So he had all these ideas of like women do this and men do this and women are so emotional and. And it was, I, I just always clashed with him because I'm like, what are you, what time period are you from? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he said, you know, I essentially I could come back and I, I had been living in like a gapper household in Belfast, but they had moved someone in already um, to replace me. So he was like, you can live with a couple in the Belfast community instead. So I get sent back and wow. um, probably like... It was good to get away from the healing team, but, like, there's so many things where I'm, like, man, like, I was left to my own devices a lot, and I was, like, spiraling still pretty hard, so, like, I was just making a lot of reckless choices. Mm -hmm. So, it was a little insane, but still good for me to leave, and also my parents had reached out and been, like, we want her in therapy, 
while Good. she's there. And yeah. um, there was actually uh, someone in the Belfast community that was a therapist. Again, not at all ethical. <laughs> but I saw a therapist that was in community there, and he actually was great. So that was okay. honestly oh, just good. a happy perk that I, he was actually a really good therapist. Um, and while seeing him, I actually was – he helped me to eventually – realize that this was all just not true mm. and not even he didn't even push me in that way but I feel like he just kind of constantly threw questions back at me in a really good way of like just being like well, what do you really think like where where is this all really coming from um so once I moved back to Belfast I, I feel like a lot of the hold the healing team had on me really started to break down because I was just like had a better perspective and um had more space to like think about things so I'm going to therapy, still very much struggling with my mental health, but um, I came to a head, I don't even know how much time it passed, I want to say like a couple weeks, few weeks, but I don't really know how long, mm-hmm. um, but I I had pretty much barely talked to my dad throughout this, like once I had had the realization, I, I think I saw him a couple times, but I just didn't talk to him, mm-hmm. um, so there had been really no contact with him, and um, I finally am just feeling like this. there's just something off, and I decided to call him uh, one day, and he picked up, and I remember getting chills just hearing his voice, mm-hmm. and he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry you're going through all this. Mm-hmm. And, like, whatever, like, spell I feel like I was under in everything, I just, like, everything kind of broke, and I realized, like, this isn't real. Like, this wasn't real. And, like, he didn't do anything. And, yeah, that Mm. was my realization, just talking to him and being like, oh, my God. Like, fuck. (laughs) Wow. And, yeah, and and I'm, like, after this phone call, I will say, like, that, it was a whole journey also. Because I was traumatized enough that I still, like, had my doubts. Right. And I was, I feel like. Sure. Kind of like mine. A lot of mine fucked <laughs> totally. enough to, like, be, like, okay, how... It was, like, kind of having to, like, yeah. crawl out of a hole of, like... Yeah, it's not going to be, like, a switch that you can... Yeah. Like, it took so, a minute for that to idea to build. It's going to take a minute for it to keep deconstruct. Yeah, and it was a whole thing. So, like, I realized, and me and my dad actually even had some therapy sessions together. Oh, good. Which was oh, good. so good. I feel like a lot of what came out of that was just realizing, that, like, how purity culture had really fucked with me and and our relationship and like realizing how i felt sexualized by him at times because of purity culture mm-hmm. norms yep which i think we can probably all relate to yeah yep. <laughs> there's just some kind of fucked up things that people say and do in purity culture that just is like weird yeah you know? yeah for sure i mean when your body is just a spoken about as like a sexual thing no matter what mm-hmm. you do just because you have it <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah that's and there's just like weird ways that like dad daughter relationships in religious communities that can just like you're like nah like why do you why do you phrase things that way why do you talk yeah. about it that way yeah um so why we you have to make it sexual <laughs> yeah why do you have to make and I, yeah. I i think i did end up telling him like how i felt sexualized at a young age by things he said and like how it hurt me and like there's just other things that realizing like I was very much swept into all this very easily because of my shitty relationship with him to begin with mm-hmm. I'm like I we've never had a great relationship like now let's work on it because like this was a lot yeah. <laughs> and it made me realize just you know how messed up it was and I think he had some realizations of like things he had said that really messed with me and had a lot of regrets of how he said things um but i still think you know he's still very religious still in community so like maybe got some things maybe didn't get all the things but um it was still very healing for both of us and our our relationship is a lot better today because of like how many things we worked through and um realized about it all but um yeah it was it was a lot and um you know I, i finished out my gap year and was still very depressed I probably like for a year and a half like had really bad depression was suicidal just like everything but I walked away from the healing team entirely um while in Ireland and um kind of lost touch with Alex for part of that time and um I I think I did join UCO when I moved 
home again. And I actually was in a household. Um, But it was like I was on the outs at that point. I was like, nah. Like I had already kind of like opened a can of worms and realized like, oh, this is dark. True. Um, So it took a while, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was a very long period of like trying to figure myself out and trust people again. Right. And that was – it. It took time. And there was definitely times that I even just felt triggered, you know, and had a hard time being around my family. Yeah. Um, I think a couple years after the whole event, I moved for maybe two, two years. But, like, there was just so many things that happened. I, like, came out, too, at one point. And that was really when I, like, around 21, I came out to my mm-hmm. parents and was like, I'm gay, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, and I knew this before. Like, I, I wanted to clarify that. I knew mm-hmm. all of... I was, like, questioning my sexuality way before the healing team, way before any of that, mm-hmm. and I knew. I didn't inkling that I was gay. Um, <laughs> just a suspicion. Just a suspicion. Um, but, yeah, I came out, had my first girlfriend, and that really also was another thing that kind of broke down me and my parents' relationship a lot because they didn't accept me at all. So, mm. yeah, there was just, like, a lot happening at that time. But uh, and as far as the healing team – it still kept going, and I. This is the part that confuses me because I always thought the the healing team was part of community, and then, and now people knew about it. Like, yeah, there, there was quite a few people. Yeah, built up word of life. community members. It seems. Yeah, but I knew things really started to hit the fan with the other members of community, where um, someone actually pa- passed away, and I think that also whoa like caused a huge what. Yeah, not not because of healing. Like, it was just a freak accident, and he, he died. And I feel like certain things happened so that, like, it just kind of broke it apart faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also other things happened because of it where, like, people's, I think, marriages was starting to fall apart. Sure. Wow. Um, and on, I don't know to this day if some of the people in that were a part of it who were from Word of Life, like, still talk to Father Tim. Right. Um. I think they eventually just disbanded it, but I literally don't even know. Um, but I, I had, I thought I had remember hearing that like the leader of Word of Life at the time, oh, I forget his name, Hughes, Dave Hughes, Dave Hughes yeah. had said like put something out after my parents had kind of come and then like shit's getting weird, um, to be like, hey, this this is going on, and and he had kind of put something out to be like we are not supporting this okay mm, and okay. like kind of to be like not me um we're not involved um but this is after like a lot of shit had happened so yeah. i feel like maybe it was like and they heard about it and knew people were getting involved in community and just thought it was okay which like is kind of fair because maybe it just seemed like a innocent thing at the time um but that is i felt like the, a good perspective to show just how like community may seem cult light but like an actual cult was started right and people from community got involved mm-hmm. and um it messed up a lot of people's lives and wow yeah I've, and i i yeah yeah I thank you that. for sharing all of that i mean i think it is really powerful yeah. to realize that this is part of what's so scary to me about community is not it's just it like it's the perfect breeding ground for a lot of these right. things for like yes. yeah. yeah for abuse and for sexual abuse and for po- weird power dynamics and then yeah for like yeah. mental manipulation yeah and so easy yeah. to get swept into a subgroup like that because there are so many yeah. like sister groups and adjacent things and things that grow out of it and that's like very normal that's a part of the experience like oh we have this new initiative starting yeah. up and oh we're all yeah. doing this now and that feels very natural and then I think it's also I understand why Dave Hughes would be like you know we're not affiliated with this but it's also like you've got to take some responsibility at a certain point <laughs> of like <laughs> all yeah. of these things are coming yeah. out of it and like not that he was directly responsible or anything, you know, but, right. like, what what is it about your group that continues right. to produce these kind of things? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's scary yeah. to me. Yeah. And draw your members to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I was thinking about that, how, like, the priest, you know, had this belief that he had, you know, abilities 
And I'm like, I don't really see how that's that far off from people that are like, I can speak in tongues. Right, like, right. It's like a spiritual I, gift. I think, yeah, and I, I, to me, I thought all, of, like, you know, coming out of all of it, I was just like, I don't believe any of that. Like, no offense to people that do, but I just don't. Like, I just think mm-hmm. that it, sometimes it's just this wanting to feel special yeah. thing that, that happens in, and, like, that's where I feel like it comes from, because, like, this this priest clearly felt pretty powerful telling people I know things about you. And, like, I know that that probably feels good. Like, it probably feels good to be in a room full of people and just talking gibberish. Like, mm-hmm. that would feel great, you know? <laughs> like, you're just doing some crazy, some crazy thing. ancient <laughs> language that I suddenly yeah. have access to. Yeah. Never mind, you only know it's English. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's very convenient. And, like, yeah. I'm sure it feels very freeing and, and it... it, it like makes you feel kind of alive to like engage in something like that like I remember pretending stuff of like you know being at Christian camp and you know laughing out loud or whatever just like participating in things and like all of those things kind of made you feel vulnerable and it's exciting but like at the same time you have to realize like how authentic is any of this you know Mm -hmm. like how much of this is just a show for other people and I don't really think that you're like spiritual connection with god should ever feel like a show you have to put on in front of people yeah um granted like i get people's desire to be in community you know with other people but yeah yeah i just i never really understood that desire of like i need to be loud and out there with everything i'm doing yeah when it's like yeah i don't know wow and i and I, i do feel like the men in community especially with like there was just like this weird power dynamic of like you know they especially had this gift and the prophecy and all that and it was just like uh do you (laughs) yeah are you sure yeah yeah i'm which is i don't know i find interesting because the women were the ones who were like always in small groups talking and like processing things and reflecting on things and you would think that those would be the people that they would want to have in charge and have the gifts of prophecy and right. healing and all but then it's yeah. the men who we've the more yeah. we do this the more we learn like they weren't having those small groups and conversations nearly as often as the women were which is interesting yeah yeah the power i never i it always irked me just the power dynamic and and feeling and feeling and seeing how women were put as kind of second class and I'm just like nah like I don't agree with that at all I I and and also just the whole gender roles and all of that I'm just like what like Mm -hmm. hello (laughs) there's more than just man and woman for one like let's get that straight (laughs) um yeah yeah. but it's also like now being out of all of it I realize just how much more like good I feel about how like there's so many hues of everything there's so many hues of how people express their sexuality their gender their like spirituality and i'd much rather be a part of that and accepting of that than feel so closed off yeah yeah absolutely so i think like the big question in my mind hearing how much you went through with all of that like i'm so sorry you went through all of that first of all that's like horrible um and I'm glad to hear that you're doing a lot better now and that you were able to get into therapy and stuff. That's awesome. Um, but, like, the thing I keep thinking is, like, where's the healing in the healing team? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It was more, like, traumatizing like, you. Right. <laughs> like, it sounds like they yeah. they just got together yeah. and told each other trauma stories over and over and over. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's not yeah. a lot of yeah. healing in that. Healing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I did a lot of research on cults after I was in it and, like, you know, did therapy for long enough and started to really realize, like, oh, I was part of a cult, like, Mm -hmm. wild. Um, And then, you know, doing research on cults and realizing just certain tactics people do, like, you know, making you feel isolated from people you're close with. And a, a big part of a lot of cults is they love to, like, try to help you figure something out about yourself Mm. and like almost feel like they have power over you like I remember the one particular thing I watched was about Scientology and how they did that particular thing and I was like oh that's so close to what I experienced and so similar Mm -hmm. um so it was wild to be like huh yeah and and 
And you see inklings of that in community where like, yeah, like there's power dynamics for sure. And it might not be cult heavy, right? but it's definitely cult light in my eyes. I'm like, there's some power dynamics that aren't healthy. Um, yeah, I liked what and... Becky Colson said that it's like, it's a high control group, you know, like, yeah, you're right. Whether right, it's right, a right. cult yeah. or not, it's a high control group, which is like, yeah, yeah. I can 100% get behind that. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for telling us about that. It's, yeah, until like we reconnected and... I, I haven't hadn't heard about this group at all. Yeah, um, no, me neither. Yeah, and yeah, definitely feels like something worth being aware of. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just because it it was wild to me because I knew that it had such an impact on quite a few families, and and um, I, so it's just I understand now that maybe it wasn't completely like supported by community, but. Right. Members of community were a part of it, so that to me was like weird. Um, yeah, to realize yeah. that there wasn't a lot of awareness around what, maybe what was going on. Um, were there a lot of yeah people you encountered within it who were not also community members? Um, not that I could recall. Okay, um, other than Father Tim. Yeah, Father Tim was, but I think that there might have been people that Father Tim knew that were also possibly a part of it. I never met them. Also, there's a very good chance that the retreats were probably a place where it wasn't just community members. Right, right. Involved. I don't know. I I never went. And I was only involved for two months. So Yeah. And I, I... it's hard too because it's like my perspective was as someone who just did not want to be there For ever. Sure. Like I kind yeah. of accidentally fell into it and was easily swept up in it and just um Sounds like yeah. they tried to sweep you into it. Like, you know, oh, yeah. going yeah. and being picked up by Alex mm-hmm. and then having that man there and then being told mm-hmm. you're going to live with a community family now and then mm-hmm. not having access to call your family easily and all those yeah. things. Like they they moved you along that path very intentionally it seems yeah yeah and i i feel like there was like awareness and not awareness of what they were doing to kind of isolate me and things like that yeah but it's like you know half the time people aren't like oh yeah i'm in a cult and i love it right (laughs) right you know like they weren't aware of how they were being manipulated and no yeah um maybe even to this day some of them would be like no father tim's an amazing man right i would be like "Mm, interesting and the wild thing too is actually to this day so my parents you know sent a a letter to his like higher ups um cool in wisconsin and but he's still a priest he still has his own um yeah so he's out there doing doing his thing and that to me is like shocking i'm like wow this guy is um not qualified (laughs) yeah to have that much power and to hold that type of position but he is and he still does um which is crazy to me (laughs) yeah that's bad yeah yeah Yeah. so So what is um just to like kind of you know wrap up in a nice way what's like what are you doing now (laughs) how are you (laughs) yeah yeah no things are good um i'm not religious cool which i'm i'm like laughing because i'm like that's my positive yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's your healing yeah Yeah, no 100 yeah um i actually feel like exploring my sexuality and then coming out and all like i had so many healing experiences within like the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. of just feeling accepted and loved for who i was and not always getting that from family but feeling like i had a home with a lot of people i met and um that's been amazing and i also have a really really solid group of friends like since childhood that like when i came out were cool and were so loving and some of them don't even agree with me on everything <laughs> but um we still love each other and that's been beautiful they a lot of them helped me through the initial like rough period of getting out of the cult and like when i was really depressed they would like come and you know keep an eye on me and things Aww, like that so like yeah. i I've, I've always had amazing friends and like um you know, now I'm doing well. I'm I'm going to school for social work Yay. as well. So like things are things are good, and I have a partner, and Aww. I'm I'm 
I'm happy. I'm, cool. I'm going to go hang with their mom in a couple weeks. We're going to go to an Aww. art fair. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, yeah. It's, I'm, ex- like, I'm, I'm excited for life now because I feel like I'm in a place where I love my life and I love, you know, what I've created and I, I love my family. I'm very close with my parents. And even though we don't see eye to eye, like, I'm now way better at setting boundaries to just be like, hey, this mm-hmm. is me. And if, yeah. if you can't get yeah. with it, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still want you to meet my partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I'm really, I'm solid for now. And I'm That's awesome. happy with things. And me and Jackie get a drink every now and again. I'm yeah. like, I love this person. Yeah, I made That's a joke awesome. with Jackie. I'm like, what if I came on the podcast and just like talked about my love for you for like? <laughs> I would join you. Let's just have a like I love Jackie podcast episode. I'm cool with that. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's the no, best. you're so sweet. I love you so much, Sophia. I love you're you. The best. <laughs> Yeah, it's been amazing. And it's, it was so healing to even just to, like, hear guys' podcasts and see what you're doing. Because I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, everyone deserves to understand what they went through was not okay. Yeah. And to get healing and be like, you know what? You can love yourself and accept yourself. And yeah, um, yeah. you're going to find your people. And if, if you're in, like, a not great, you know, situation now, if you feel, you know, not safe or whatever, like, I hope I hope for you things will get better. But for me, I'm like yes, you like things did get better. So yeah. Yeah. have hope that yes. like you know you'll 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 get there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So and that's I just really admire like I hope it's okay to use the word bravery. I don't know why some people get <laughs> your bravery coming on the podcast <laughs> is really I really appreciate it because it's it's scary to talk about these things especially when we were in an environment that was like don't you dare talk about these things don't (laughs) you dare talk about how you're (laughs) afraid or confused or have questions (laughs) like yeah i got a few comments too yeah thank thank you for saying that yeah i definitely got a few comments that freaked me out a bit from people when i was gonna come on and i'm like okay like Mm -hmm. i very much prepared and was like definitely anxious (laughs) to come on um i like practiced kind of going through things with uh, Riley, my partner, the other day, and they're like, it was so funny. We were up to like 2 a.m., and they're like, damn, like, it's amazing you trust anyone at all these days. <laughs> for real, though. Like, yeah. And I'm I mean, like, yeah. thank you for saying that. And I'm like, well, I've worked on myself, uh-huh. and I'm still a little nuts. So, <laughs> uh, but it was really sweet, and it actually bonded us where they were like, yeah, I, I loved hearing that. I'm like, oops, still. and you know like it's true we really don't honestly we really don't get much like negative pushback when we post things i think probably they just Mm -hmm. keep it to themselves (laughs) if anyone hears it but agree (laughs) yeah but also like we have your back if anything were to come up or come out like I don't know. Thank you. Anyone yeah. listening? Goes for if anyone. you mess with Sophia, you're messing with us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is yeah. amazing. I really love talking to y'all. I'm so glad I love what you're on. doing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who listened to this episode and keeps listening to all of our episodes. They're on season three now. Yeah, that's Ooh, wild. That is two years. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, please rate, review, subscribe, um, engage on social media with us. We love hearing from you, and do something nice for yourself. And if you feel shitty, do something nice for somebody else. It helps. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>